0: Grace and peace to you, and welcome to Reaching for Real Life Radio with Sean Azaro, the senior pastor of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas. Now this is a church that exists to help people like you find the real life you were created for and find it to the full. That's what Jesus promised in John 10.10. 10. And today we begin a brand new series called Family Matters. His family was God's idea. He made the man, and then from the man he made the woman, uniting them as one, and told them to be fruitful and multiply. And so we have the family. And when it comes to family, sometimes we're not all on the same page. God's Word has a lot to say about this, as Pastor Sean lays the foundation on why family is such an important part of society. Reallife.org has this full message, sermon notes, and series available for free. If you feel led to bless this listener-supported radio ministry, then please do. There's a place to give at reallife.org. Today's part two of the message called Family Matters pastor sean is in genesis 2 and first timothy chapter 5 it's time for reaching for real life radio
1: you know it's the question what is normal what is normal when i married Lori, we came from two different families that girl was not normal you need to know that i fixed her now you notice she's not here But she wasn't normal because they did things differently, had a different culture, and we did things differently, had a different culture. Actually, we had fairly similar family cultures. Our our parents were in a small group together through our church, and so that's how we got connected. Our families were very close in that regard. But there were just things that weren't normal. Like she, the first time she saw my brothers and I fight, I thought she was going to have a stroke. And, And I'm not talking about we bickered fiercely. No, I'm talking about throw down. The three boys, okay? In her family, there was one boy and two girls. So she had been spared the kind of fights that we would carry out. She'd never been attacked by a pitchfork. I'm like, hasn't everybody? (laughs) I'm not talking about a Halloween costume devil's pitchfork. I'm talking like a real fork for hauling hay. I grew up on a farm. We trained horses. And I was once attacked with a pitchfork by someone who I love dearly and is my brother. Fortunately, I was very wiry and fast. Lori, first time she saw that, well, I was like, "Ah!" And she said, like, "How can you?" Do? It was so upsetting. She, this was before we were married, and I'm like, "What?" <laughs> the culture is what's normal, and normal is different in each family. That's why marriage is such fun. And I'll save that conversation for a few weeks. We'll talk about marriage. Proverbs 22:6 says, "Train a child in the way he should go, when he's old, he'll not turn from it." It's talking about establishing a child's culture, their vision, their expectations the way they look at the world, train them the way he should go. When he's old, he'll not turn from it. Some people see this and they go, wait a minute, I know people who really did, they did their best, good family, but the kids still went wayward. The, I, I want to suggest that this, I don't believe this is a promise. I, I, I think this is a principle. And it's very important to understand the difference. I, I believe this is a strong principle. Every person has a free will. But I believe, and, and you know the way I've said it, and I don't want to preach the parenting talk because we'll talk about that too. I, don't, I, I keep in this one getting stumbling into the parenting talk, right? But the fact is, I think sometimes we worry and we obsess about our kids and the fact is, our kids become what we are. (laughs) I really do. I think our kids become what we are. There's this idea, more is caught than taught. More is caught than taught. You ever heard family groups sing together? And it's just like, wow, they blend so well. Well, there's a couple reasons. One, they similar DNA. Their voices are similar as far as the instruments. And then, they also have sung together a lot. So they breathe at the same points. They close notes the same way. They raise their pitch the same way. It's just, and, and nobody actually taught them, here's family singing 101. It just happens because, well, they're family. And that's an example of lots of things when it comes to family. Deuteronomy 6, 6 through 9, talks about how we view the world. And it, look how it describes this. This is Moses in the law, and he's telling the people, these commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Really important idea. They're, to, they're not just to be on your wall. They've got to be on your heart. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands. Bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. It's just a normal part of life. These things that you, we do should be a part of them. See, more is caught than taught. More is caught than taught. And, and they learn what is normal. And one of the things I want to say to you, um, some parents think, well, I can live however I want as long as I bring the kids to church and they're taught the Bible, then they'll be these wonderful Christians. No, they're not because they become what you are. They, bec- they, they learn more by what they see. So when you actually say with our family that, hey, we're going to all go do this together because that's who we are, that's what we do, that's what they pick up. That's what they grasp, that's what they learn. They become what you are more than becoming what you want. Hope they'll learn in a class somewhere. Powerful idea, big idea, Joshua 24, 14, 15. His final words to God's people after leading them into the promised land. Look what he says. We've read this scripture a lot, but I want you to see it maybe with some fresh eyes. He says, this is verse 14 of Joshua 24. Now therefore fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and faithfulness. Let me stop right there. This is a verse worth remembering. You should write that down. This is a verse worth remembering because if we will walk in these Four simple things. There's four things in this little verse, this sentence, that are a powerful guide for us as we live our lives as family. Fear the Lord. That means understanding he's God and we're not, and having that reverence for him. Fear the Lord and serve him. That means this is what we do. Our lives are not our own. We serve the Lord as a family. That's who we are. Our life isn't just about us. Fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity. You can't fake it. This is about Authenticity. This is about, because your kids are at home with you, your husband and wife are at home with you, your family knows what's real versus what's something that you put on for other people. Fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in faithfulness. That's a powerful, powerful verse. And that's what Joshua said to people. But he goes on. He says, put away the gods that your fathers served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. You remember, an entire generation died in the wilderness. They'd come out of Egypt. Many of them have ad- had adopted idolatrous practices from Egypt. They built a golden calf in the wilderness. He says, put away the gods of your father served beyond the river and in, the, you, and in Egypt and serve the Lord. And if it is evil in your eyes, if it is wrong in your eyes to serve the Lord, look at this, he puts it before them, choose this day whom you will serve. Everybody's got to choose. Choose this day whom you'll serve, whether the gods of your father served in the region beyond the river there's one, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell, there's two, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Do you notice he gave them three choices there? You can serve the gods of your fathers, the idols that they, because you know, we all come from families, and some of us had families that practiced idolatry, maybe not little figures in, in the house, but maybe it was all about money. Maybe it was all about seeking fame. Maybe it was all about business. Maybe it was all about what people think of us. He said, you're going to serve those gods that you were raised with? We live in a world. You're going to serve the gods around you? You have a world that serves wealth, a world that, ser- that serves fame. It serves political correctness. It, serves it, it, it worships people's opinions of us. He said, you're going to serve the gods of your fathers? You're going to serve the gods of the world around you? But as for me and my house... We're going to serve the Lord. And that's the choice he, he challenges the people to take. And that's a choice that we have to make. As for me and my house. Parents, this is your job. This will establish your children's life vision. Really. And I have actually talked to people who go, Oh, I don't know that I want to do that. they got to choose for their own. I don't want to for, 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 force that on them. I don't want to force that, my beliefs on them. Are you kidding me? They don't have any problem, like, not feeding the kids whatever they want. They've enforced a diet on the kids, okay? Because we know kids, kids are kids. I mean, they'll, if you let them, they'll eat candy every meal. Oh, this is wonderful. I'm so glad my parents are so egalitarian. It's so neat. We'd never do that with school. We'd never do that with our meals. We'd never do that with anything. But there are people actually who with faith go, well, I don't want to force them to do anything. That's just dumb. They're kids. You have to force them to do things. It's called parenting. It really, I'm I'm dead serious on this. It's very simple. It's our job, parents. See, I'm getting into the parenting talk again, aren't I? I don't care. I don't care. I'm going. Because I'm getting down to the good preaching now. Mm. It's our job to say, this is what we do. I don't want to go to youth ministry. I don't care what you want. This is what we do. This is who we are. We are part of the body of Christ, and so we're committed, and we serve, and we, this is how we do things. I don't want to go help the neighbor do this thing. It doesn't matter. This is what we do, because Jesus asked us to do this. You live it out, and you ask them to walk with you. But you go, well, but I, I, they're gonna have, I, I want them to make their own choice. Understand something. That's a good instinct when they're an adult, and they will. They have to. They will make their own choice. But when they're in your house, choose this day whom you'll serve. As for me in my house, we will serve the Lord. And it's right to say, this is what we do. And if you wait till they're 15 to try to start training that way, you're going to have a problem. But if they grow up with, this is who we are, this is what we do. And that's a phrase we used all the time in our house. Oh, guys, this is what we do. Not because we're the pastors, but because we're Christians. This is what Christians do. We're followers of Jesus, and this is what Jesus asked us to do. So this is what we're going to do. I don't feel like it today. I know, I know. I don't feel like a lot of things sometimes, but we've got to do it. And, and we're going to do this. And I'm just telling you, parents, it's our job. It's our responsibility. They will choose. But if you build that in and you teach them the why behind it, it's so powerful. See, life is to be lived in community, so it begins in a community called family. Second, family is where our character is formed. Family is where our character is formed. 1 Timothy 3, 4, and 5, talking about elder. Look what it says. He must manage his own family well and see that his children obey him with proper respect. If anyone didn't know how to manage his own family, how could he take care of God's church? They must obey. They must respect. This is character. You see, one of the primary things we teach in family, we learn about obedience and we learn about authority. And that's one of my pet peeves when I see a kid who's just disrespectful and disobedient to their parents. And you see, see a kid throwing a fit and the parent, like, oh, sweetie, come on. That that's a pet peeve of mine. Because I don't get involved in other people's stuff and their affairs, but but if I could, I'd be like, I can fix that. (laughs) I can fix that. It's called discipline. It's called training, and their children, and they need it. Because here's the deal. Oh, what's the big deal? They disobey their parents. See, I'm getting in the parenting thing again. I, I keep drifting. <laughs> the fact is, how they view your authority is how they're going to view authority in the world.
0: And we want to take a quick minute to remind you, you're listening to Reaching for Real Life Radio with Pastor Sean Azaro, a listener-supported ministry of River City Community Church, in this message and series called Family Matters, which is available right now on the sermon page at reallife.org. And while you're there, if you've been blessed by this teaching, your gift of any amount helps this radio ministry continue to help others. Just find the Give tab at reallife.org. And if you're looking for a new church home, here's your invitation from Pastor Sean.
1: River City Community Church is a church for real life. River City is come as you are and has a relaxed, casual feel with practical teaching, inspirational worship, and age-appropriate ministry for the whole family. We're located a mile and a half outside of Loop 1604 on Lookout Road across from Otama Park. Our service times are Sundays at 9.30 and 11.15 and Mondays at 7 p.m. River City is a church for real life, and so our home on the web is reallife.org. We hope you'll come and see us as you travel the road to real life.
0: And now the conclusion to the message, Family Matters. This is Reaching for Real Life Radio.
1: How they view your authority is how they're going to view authority in the world. How they view, how they view government, how they view the educational authority, how they view the church, how they view authority. Do they have a healthy understanding and appreciation for authority? Or are they constantly kicking and rebelling against it? And when you've allowed them to disobey you, And now they go to work and it's like, dang, those people expect me to show up and do something. It's horrible. And you see these young adults go from job to job to job because there's always a problem with the boss. There's always a problem with this. There's always a problem with that. And you never taught them that. You know what? Sometimes you just got to buckle down, be quiet, and do your job because it's what we do. Sometimes you just got to do it. And that's such a basic, simple thing, but yet there are thousands hundreds of thousands millions of young people who are heading out and having to be taught that through kind of the road of hard knocks by the world because their parents didn't simply teach them no 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 there's authority in our lives and we have to show respect and we have to obey and there's just some things we have to do because it's our responsibility that's what we do they have to know that this is how this is how they learn you're not the center of the universe do you know kids have to be taught they're not the center of the universe? They really do. We all do. I mean, we're, we're sinners. sinners. Sin is all about me first. I, me, I. And we all have it. You're a little kid, your are darn little baby. The first time they look at you and say, mine. Oh, my baby's a sinner. So cute. <laughs> That's the truth. They have to, people have to learn. Our character has to be developed in a family to where I, I leave that home understanding I'm not the center of the universe. God is god is and everybody is important everybody we, we we have to deal with our character that way they have to learn there's a god and you're not him and so much of our stuff is catered around making sure that everything in our lives is taking care of our little babies taking care of them what they're, we're, they're subconsciously learning is it's all about me it's all about me and at some point they need to learn no it's not all about you there's a bigger picture you need to be a part of it they learn are we here to be served or should we be people who serve That happens at home. That's character. They learn, they get a moral core. They learn integrity. What's interesting, this is so important, and I want you to hear this. I want you to know this. Character is formed over years, not overnight. Character is a a series of habits. I'm trained to behave a certain way. Character is formed over years, not overnight. That's why sometimes you'll, you'll see people who go, well, I don't need to follow Jesus, because I, I know, I have a friend who's an atheist, and they're a, they have much higher character than this new Christian that I know, who, who's got all kinds of problems, all kinds of hangups. Well, that can absolutely be true. If this person was raised with a better better training and better character over years built into their life, and this person's a brand new believer who is now transformed in the spirit alive in christ filled with god's spirit filled with his love but they still struggle in character that takes time to develop character and if we understand that we understand that we understand how important it is that those early years in our child's life we begin instilling character into their life life is to be lived in community so it begins in a community called family third family is where we learn how to see and how to treat other people how to see and how to treat other people we learn how to see other people Genesis 127, God created man in in his own image. It's one of the most powerful passages of Scripture. He created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. We are created in the image of God. That should change how we see other people. And family, we learn, are other people to be respected? Are they to be loved? Are they to be cared for? Or, Or are other people to be used? Are other people to be used? Are other people to be stepped on on the way to success? And again, remember this is all culture stuff. Sometimes n- nobody ever consciously has to tell you, oh, you step on people on the way to success. But when that's what you see as a child, and that's what you're taught, and that's what you're coached, when you start going to school, when you start doing this, you just you, you begin to see people that way. They are an obstacle to be overcome. They are a stepping stone to what I want. Or you can see them as someone unique and special made in the image of God, who God loves dearly and who is unbelievably important because of who they are. Totally different and... and We pick it up, and nobody may have ever sat down and taught us one or the other. We just learn how to see other people. See, people are precious. We learn how to treat other people. Do we give other people grace? Do we learn to practice forgiveness? Do we learn to have patience with people? Or do we learn to bowl people over and use people to get what we want? The family is a place where not only we learn how to see and treat each other, but we learn it's a place where we are cared for, and therefore we learn to care for others. Look at what Paul writes to Timothy, 1 Timothy 5, 4. But if a widow has children or grandchildren, these should learn, first of all, to put their religion into practice by caring for their own family. And so repaying their parents and grandparents, for this is pleasing to God. But The church used to take care of, and does take care of, widows and orphans. But what Paul's saying is that doesn't include widows, particularly who have family, They should be taking care. That's what he's saying. Look, he's got some hard words for those who don't. If anyone doesn't provide for his relatives, especially for his immediate family, he's denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. He's saying family is a place where we should learn to care for one another, to be cared for, to receive care, but also to give care and to take care of each other. See, how we see, how we treat people is encoded into us in our family. That's why family is so important. I want to suggest one of the things we see in poverty, and the statistics are not even close on this. Broken families struggle so much more financially than families that actually stay together. People who are disconnected from family. People who are disconnected from family. They're estranged from family. Create so much struggle. Whereas healthy families, while they may have income, problems they may not have a lot of money they, they just statistically and this is overwhelming do far better that connection to family creates opportunity it's a place to be protected these are people who have your back these are people who will speak the truth in love to you that's what God's design is See, life is to be lived in community so it begins in a community called family God places us there and this is kind of the bottom line See, family is where we learn to love and we learn to be loved. Family is where we learn to love and we learn to be loved. So many people just have struggled giving love because they don't even know how to receive love because they didn't in the context of family. Isaiah sixty-six thirteen says, As a mother comforts her child, so I will comfort you and you will be comforted over Jerusalem. Family is where we learn to love We have models of love. We learn to be loved. It's where our self-image is shaped. Our self-image is largely the product of the view of ourselves we get from our most most significant relationships. The view of ourselves we get from our most significant relationships. So many people struggle with self-image because they didn't get a good view of themselves from the people who were most significant in their formative years. Whereas other people, and the circumstances of the two might be exactly the same. But if they had people who loved them and affirmed them and saw them as something special, saw God's possibilities in them, they naturally have a healthy self-image because of what they learned. See, family is where we're supposed to, by God's design, first discover God's love. We're supposed to discover God's love. You know, one of the things I pray every time we have baby dedications, I pray that the most natural thing in the world for those little babies will be to receive the love of Jesus because of the love they learn from mom and dad. That when it comes time for that they're of age and they hear about a father who loves them, a savior who gave his life for them, it's the most natural thing in the world for them to receive that love because, oh, I've I've grown up in love. Their paradigm is one of love. And yet so many people, that's not the case. So what I want to challenge us with, this first leg of this series of conversations... Commit to God's view of family. Can we do that? Can we say that while all different shapes and sizes of families can experience the blessing of God as we surrender to his leadership? And that's, that's the hope. That's the good news. That's what's going to happen. But I, I, I want to encourage us, don't let that take away from the fact that God has a design. And it's important that we study and understand and emulate that to whatever degree that we can because his blessing is on that design. Commit. Commit to God's view of family. That means in the midst of all of the negative talk about family and all of the, oh, family's the worst, we become people who kind of, well, I don't think that's true. I know it can be true. I know many people have that experience. But that's not God's design. Decide to live in a community called family. Decide to live in a community called family. Even if you say, well, I'm a single and I don't have any family around. Well, then decide in the context of Christian community. Decide to be connected and and to be a family member and to have your role. And and here's an important one. Be the family member that you wish you had had. Be the family member that you wish you had had. That was one that I had to really deal with because I didn't have a, a role model of a godly dad. I had to look other places, and again, I thank God for a mother who said, I'm going to put you and connect you with people, and I'm going to show you what that looks like. And I had to make choices along the way and say, okay, this was modeled for me. I'm not going to walk in that, I'm going to walk instead in this. I want to be this kind of dad, I want to be this kind of husband, I want to walk in that. So be that family member, whether it's in your natural family in your Christian community that you wish you had. And imagine the impact that that would have if we all said, yep, I'm going to understand and carry out God's design for family, for community. That's the heart of the gospel. God, in every step of the way, he always chose to work in the context of family.
0: That's Pastor Sean Azaro. You've been listening to Reaching for Real Life Radio. And if you'd like to hear this full message in the series Family Matters, it's available right now on demand at reallife.org. And while you're there, we'd appreciate your feedback. You can leave us a note on our Contact Us page. Or even better, your financial gift helps this radio ministry continue. Find that Give tab at reallife.org. But of course, you're invited to visit and join us at River City Community Church, located on Lookout Road right behind Rotama Park, next to the Real Life Amphitheater. If you'd like to call the church, the number is 210-490-5262. As Reaching for Real Life Radio is a service of River City Community Church, We hope you join us again next time as you travel the road to real life.